This podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check out the THN Patreon page to become a monthly supporter. And Omaha Bound. No one has more experience binding comic books into beautiful hardbound editions. Check out their work at OmahaBound.com. Thanks to Omaha Bound and stay tuned for an announcement about their upcoming Kickstarter for Paul Tobin and Phil Hester's Fringe series from Caliber Comics collected for the first time. Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? Jolly devil. Welcome to THN, cover to cover for Saturday, August 22nd. Kids, my name is Matt Baum. Sorry about last week. Had to work. Still have to pay the bills because you jerks don't give us enough money. So, there we go. Outlook, don't put that. It's what it don't is. put that evil on them. Putting it on them. This is their fault, Joe Patrick. <laughs> I am the internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning, you know, sometime. It's 1045. We were messing around. Don't, don't give us any crap. Matt and I go live on our Facebook page to wrap about the week's nerd news, and then we open the phone lines at 11 for you nerds to play along. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get through all the news by 11, wow. but we're going to do our best. We'll be fine. You can call us at 402-819-4894, or you can hit the call now button on our Facebook, or you can just get in here and chat with us and on the Facebook's chat. It's super fun. And if you can't call in live, you can always leave us a message at our phone number. Four zero two eight one nine four eight nine four, or you can send us an MP three to twoheadednerd at gmail dot com. And if you're saying to yourself, Matt, you say that phone number so damn fast, just go to twoheadednerd dot com, and it's right there. And I'm surprised we don't get way more people offering to sell us like Russian children or something. So I don't know if we're being yeah, you know, ignored. It's, it's usually not advised, <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so before we get started here. Before we ask these kids to call us, Joe Patrick, let's talk about some nerd news. Nice and chill. Yeah, let's do it, baby. They can see us uh, on the Zooms now, so I don't want to, like, all scream and get sweaty. Remember not to pick your nose. All right. In the wake of massive changes at DC Comics, which we will discuss here in just a minute, Academy Award-winning 12 Years a Slave screenwriter John Ridley's long-awaited The Other History of the DC Universe is back on schedule with a completely new art team. Whoops. Sorry, guys. Uh, originally, what happened? This they're, like, an- they're like, and we are bringing on these guys. And they're like, what about the guys we had? They're like, oh, nobody fired them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be weird. Let's just throw it out on Twitter and see if they call. <laughs> uh, this was originally announced all the way back in 2018 for a, de- a debut set later that year. Uh, the five issue series is now coming out November 24th with a bi monthly schedule. That means every other month for you publishing nerds. So every uh, new, two months. Got it. That's. Uh, By means two. So of? every two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the new art team is Camo Cameron Coley. I love him. Andrea. Uh, Coochie. Hold on. Back up. Is Giuseppe Cameron Coley going by Camo now? Oh, he he's done that for a long time. I he did signs, not know He this. signs a lot of stuff. Camo. Really? Yeah. He sounds like he's yeah. down with Pitbull. Like you were. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's Mr. You know, Mr. Primetime. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jose Via Rubia uh, will also be on the art team. Uh, they are replacing the originally announced Alex Dos Diaz, uh, which is weird because I thought George's Gianti was drawing it. Maybe he was just doing covers. 
The focus of the series remains the same. Black Lightning and other DC heroes of color sharing their perspective on iconic moments in DC history. Uh, exploring them through the eyes of heroes representing traditionally disenfranchised groups. It centers around Black Lightning, his daughter Anissa, who is also known as Thunder, uh, Mal Duncan and his wife, who are Harold and Bumblebee from the original Teen Titans. Oh, yeah. Renee right. Montoya and Katana. This is going to be a really cool story, and it's going to examine the DC universe through the eyes of B-list characters, we'll call them? Well, I mean, okay. That's not how they're framing it. (laughs) But I mean, these are traditionally underrepresented characters. Right, right. Which should be very cool. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens here. So now the question is, what DC universe are we looking at? (laughs) <laughs> where's it like it's the main dc universe well what's the main dc universe anymore the one that sells the most because right now that's dark knight's verse <laughs> can you can you please not bring this up every time I there's, a, there's a story about a new I series i can't help it no this is going to be awesome it's going to be very cool and i hope this is a sign for what is to come from dc out of the ashes of what we're about to talk about in a little bit here how's that that sounds uh, the the fun the fun a little addendum to the story is that in addition Ridley will also be writing a twelve issue Batman series that publisher Jim Lee says quote will have a huge impact on the rest of the line. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. So I mean, uh, obviously they're going to set up some stuff here, and it's not just going to be a retrospect, which is probably good. Do you think this? might be the plan to replace sort of the 5G stuff they were going with? No, this was announced way before 5G. No, I remember that, but then all of a sudden, dude was gone and off the project. Artists got replaced, so obviously we've changed some gears here. Well, I mean, okay, I, yes, I agree that that some gears may have changed, but I don't think he was ever off the project. They just took the project off the schedule. Well, that sounds so, like, like This has always been John Ridley's thing from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, okay, I mean... I guess we're mincing words there, but yeah, whatever. So I don't know if they make, I would rather they make a bigger deal out of this, I guess. And just sort of gently let us know what's going on in the DC universe rather than this whole 5g thing where we try and cram everything into one timeline. It's kind of silly. In other news, Olivia Wilde is going to direct a spider woman film. Booksmart director, Olivia Wilde is going to direct a new movie set in the Marvel Universe deadline reported Wednesday, not the MCU, but the Marvel Universe. It's being developed for Sony Pictures. So the new film is going to focus on, you guessed it, Spider-Woman. We don't know anything about the subject yet. No one has been cast yet, so just settle down. But Wilde retweeted the, the deadline article that mentions it using a spider emoji, which pretty much confirms it's going to be Spider-Woman. They're not making a Spider-Gwen movie, right? I doubt it. Well, but then again, who knows? Maybe Marvel has Spider-Woman and they don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Could be. Or we're gonna, we're finally going to... What was the other one? The girl, the Silk. We'll finally get that Silk movie we've been killing for. <laughs> Spider-Woman was originally created, as you may or may not know, out of a copyright concern because Stan Lee was afraid if we don't do it, somebody else is going to. So we got to make a Spider-Woman, <laughs> Right. But her series was an unexpected success. We reviewed some old Spider-Woman issues not too long ago in our Cosmic Long Box. Had a lot of fun with them. Her origin story has been through a lot of retcons and rewrites, including 
Hydra experimentation, but originally it was alien DNA, right? No, I don't know. I honestly have no idea what her original origin was. Katie Silberman is going to write Wilde's new film and Amy Pascal is producing. Spider-Woman is going to be another Sony-developed Marvel movie. So that means she can play with Morbius, Venom, uh, Red Venom, Silk, Black Cat, and the others that are scheduled to arrive. But Silver Sable. We're probably not going to see her in the MCU. Does that bother you? Um, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I, I, I don't know that we won't see her in the MCU. I know you, I know that you keep saying that, but I, every time they rework this deal, the only deal is for Spider-Man. That's it. It's only Spider-Man. And even yeah, that I mean, deal is a, is like it, a high man, wire but- act. Like that involves the star of the movie getting drunk and calling people and crying saying, I want to please <laughs> let me stay in the MCU. Honestly, the look, I, I just want everything in the MCU. A- and I think the best news we could get is, nope, this is the Silk movie we were talking about or something. And Marvel has Spider-Woman. And maybe we get a, a cool Spider-Woman Marvel TV doesn't series. have Spider-Woman. They, Marvel doesn't have anything to do, in, doesn't have anything related to Spider-Man. Except for Spider-Man. <laughs> except they don't. Sony <laughs> yeah. is, still owns the rights to Spider-Man. Well, I mean, do you care about a Spider-Woman movie? I, if it's good, great. It's yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I love Jessica Drew. Yes, of course. Do you think that it dials anything down a little bit in importance if it's happening in a separate movie universe? Not really, because Spider-Woman really never had anything to do with Spider-Man to begin with. I mean, that's fair. She operates kind of in her own world, you know. Like, they didn't even meet for a while. Like, she was a totally unrelated character, like you said, that was only created so that they could lock that name down. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean... Yes, in a in a perfect world, all of these movies would be set in the MCU. But if I get a good Spider Woman movie, I'll be thrilled. If I get a goo, if I get a good Black Cat movie, I'll be thrilled. Like I don't care. I like these characters, no. and I'm not going to sit here going, "But it doesn't fit." I no, I know. Most importantly, it just needs to be good, and I agree with that statement. I just wish it was all together. I just wish it was. Yeah, I know, man. I know. And this comes up every single time it we hurts. mention a story like this. It hurts. All right, let's get uh, into the ugly news. The big, ugly oh, bonfire. I just, wanna, I, have oh. one, I just have one last little thing about uh, Olivia Wilde. Uh, her first film as a director was last year's Booksmart. That movie is phenomenal. It was wonderful. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. So I have no problems at all with Olivia Wilde running. No, I would much rather they bring in, in a, with a director like her to write a smart snappy powerful woman like spider woman as opposed to like i don't know mick g or some shit you know ah <laughs> uh, yes mick g mick g all right all right all right here we go the big news the big big news a wave of warner media layoffs have affected a significant number of high level figures at dc comics roughly one third that's 33.3 repeating percent of DC's editorial staff was cool laid there, off. Egghead, you said there wouldn't be any math. Come on, <laughs> we already you didn't have to do we it. We already been a big, I did it. We had a big bi-monthly fight already. We don't need this too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this includes editor in chief Bob Harris. Uh, don't let the whole door hit you on your way out, Bob. Senior <laughs> VP of Publishing Strategy and Support Services Hank Canals, uh, Jonah Wyland. I'm not going to read all these 
titles because they're long and ridiculous. I uh, do Bobby think Chase, so. They just didn't have enough seats at the DC fandom. So they're like, we got to do something. You know? <laughs> right. Like, uh, Brian Cunningham and executive editor Mark Doyle, though that one stings a bit. Um, Mark Doyle oversaw the rollout of the Black Label graphic novels. Jim, uh, but also he was like Batman group editor for a while. I don't know if he still is or not. People had a lot of nice things to say about him, definitely. Yes. Uh, Jim Lee apparently remains the CCO and the publisher for now, uh, but in a later interview, he confirmed that DC would be reducing their publishing line by at least 25%. Yeah. Including the cancellation of titles like Batgirl, Batman and the Outsiders, Hawkman, Teen Titans, Justice League, Odyssey, Hellblazer, and Young Justice? Yeah. Meanwhile, let's announce that new Batman book. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought Jim Lee was no longer the publisher. I thought someone else was. No, it. no. Was that, that just was early false. news? That was false. Okay. Uh, he did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. They asked him point blank, are you still the publisher? He said yes. Gotcha. Unequivocally, yes. The majority of the staff of the streaming service DC Universe has also been laid off. The majority of the staff. Yeah. Uh, this was a move that was widely expected as Warner shifts its focus to their new service, HBO Max. Uh, one source told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, DC Universe was dead on arrival as soon as the AT&T merger happened. Had I a suppose that's true. So they they kept uh, the one dude that is dragging and dropping comics out of the DC, like, <laughs> you know, zip folder into the DC Universe app, more or less. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, well, I same, still have my uh, job. <laughs> in that same Hollywood Reporter interview I mentioned, Jim Lee confirmed that DC Universe's streaming content would migrate to HBO Max, but the original digital comic library would be sticking around somehow, whether that's in a new app or what, I don't know. I have a feeling they're going to have to repackage it, right? Because, I mean, just like we talked about, it, it's a bad look to be like, hey, you all signed up for this thing. You had all this video and uh, we lost our asses on it. So we're taking that all away. But please stick around. You kind of have to repackage it. Right. Even if it's I mean, the same I, app and it just has like a big update and it looks different or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, it'll definitely I, I'm sure it'll be rebranded or, right. or whatever you want to call it. But like they can't what they can't what they absolutely can't get away with is shutting down DC Universe starting a brand new app and then charging more for that new app. That's just comics. I don't think they will. I think the, the price will either stay the same or go down a little bit to match something like Marvel unlimited because you're no longer offering the video, which by the way, I called and said, that's a terrible idea. And everybody's like, you don't know. You don't know. Guess what? It was a flop. So it makes sense that it's moving to HBO Max. I, I, I don't get think that. it was a flop. It was a flop. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing this, Joe. <laughs> they laid no, everybody off because it was so successful. This has nothing to do with DC Universe. This has everything to do with AT&T wanting to push everything behind their big, flashy HBO Max. Because that is where they will make money. If they were going to make a shitload of money, they would do it on their app on your iPad and stuff. I'm not going to argue about this anymore. The point yes, being. Yes, but I'm, it, DC Universe was not a flop. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it will be around <laughs> in some comic book format. Yeah. And it does make sense. HBO Max, since they started pushing the Doom Patrol, guess what? People are watching it. The ratings went way up. This, people are talking about it. The streaming is better and stuff like that. It's a better platform for this, without a doubt. No question. Blah, I mean, blah, blah. And I've, had, I've never had any problems watching anything on the DC Universe. When app. the Snyderverse cut of JLA comes out, somebody called it 
Zack Snyder's Snyderverse JLA by Zack Snyder. <laughs> and I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> We're all going to eat our words and, th- and thank the Lord that HBO Max was ever born. And I mean, DC needs to make money. They're in trouble. COVID did not help. AT&T is not helping either. They have a different idea for how this shit is going to run. They're bringing in some like esports guy, like the old president of esports is going to be running DC entertainment, as I understand it, which sounds mildly terrifying to me. I don't like the idea that they are cutting 20% of production on their floppies, but maybe that's a good business idea. If these books aren't selling, then what can you do? I mean, maybe leaning into the digital and using your app to push this new stuff, that's where you go to check out this new stuff. And then it gets reprinted or something along those lines. Maybe that's how this stuff lives, but they've got to figure something out because they're losing their asses. Yeah, I mean, Jim Lee basically flat out said that the majority of these books that are getting cut are money losers. Yeah. For the company, at least they have become money losers since, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything. But, um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame, but, uh, the writing was on the wall as soon as this merger happened. I'm just kind of surprised it took so long. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate to see it, but if this is how DC comics continues to exist as a comic book publisher, then I'll take it. You know what I mean? I I would rather it not just completely go away. And they're like, we're going to lean into video games and like fictional podcasting or some shit, you know, like, (laughs) no, no, I mean, this could be the future. Marvel is controlling the large, you know, pie graph of comics shipped every, you know, the market share, if you will, every month. And that's just how it's been for a while. I don't know if it's because of the stuff that I complain about or the stuff that other people complain about, but there's a problem and they have to address it if they want to continue to put out any comic books. It sucks. We're losing some. I love that Hawkman series so much. I hate to see it go, but if it's not selling, what do you do? It's true. It's true. I, I guess where I'm at with it is I, I, I get a bad taste in my mouth with this corporate mentality. Yeah. Uh, that like, we have to we have to can all these books about uh, our le- our less popular characters and flood the market with Batman. Yeah, which is what they're absolutely going to do. Oh sure, yeah, it's it's the Vince McMahon you know model of wrestling. Don't give anybody new a shot. We just keep hammering home that like John Cena was here. Remember that? That was cool. Remember when The Rock was here? Like these people don't even wrestle anymore, and they're on the cover of every video game that comes out. Or every yeah. promo shit, you know, like the, the huge guest at SummerSlam is Steve Austin. He's not going to wrestle. I love Steve Austin. Don't get me wrong. But like, I also get they're protecting the house and that mentality of we're in the middle of a pandemic and the market share is in trouble and we have to lean on Superman. We have to lean on Batman. We have See, to I lean on Suicide I, Squad for now. I think you're giving them too much credit. I don't think that, I don't think that the corporate masters are trying to protect the house. I think they're trying to protect their IP farm. Well, sure. Uh, okay. Yes. Which is. And this, how so about the this barn? move is. <laughs> they're protecting this the move, barn. <laughs> this move is, le- is less about trying to save DC Comics and more about trying to save their cash cow. And I think the comics are going to suffer because of it. They will. 
Yeah, no doubt. So DC's gonna DC Comics as an entity is gonna limp along. Yeah, pushing out Watchmen tie-ins. Oh yeah, and Batman co- and like, video game tie-ins. There's a tie-ins. fucking Watchmen panel at Fandom. Yeah, man, it's gonna be amazing. Ugh. I can't wait. <laughs> I, I, they're gonna put like there's a rumor that they're gonna put the injust are the DC characters in Injustice Three. Yeah, the video game, the Watchmen characters. You mean? The Watchmen characters. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. What did I say? Uh, there's a rumor, but I think they'll start with something gentle. Like you're just going to get Rorschach as an extra character or something. No, they like the, the artist that that's done all the concept art for the logos. He dotted, uh, he dotted the eye or something in the injustice three logo. And it was the Dr. Manhattan Ugh. circle thing. See, and that's, oh, this goes back to my argument with these video games. It's like, okay, next up we've got Dr. Manhattan versus Nightwing. I mean, <laughs> What are we doing here? <laughs> like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Dr. Manhattan winks and Nightwing was never born and World War II never happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know? <laughs> it's just that, that 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 match is just like a series of, uh, of soliloquies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's 1940. Yeah. It's the dawn of time. <laughs> it's 1940. <laughs> I stopped two trapeze artists from falling to their death. Yeah. The camera goes into Nightwing's eye and then you see him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been fun. Let's uh, reset our question of the week and open up these damn phone lines. We have one waiting in the Zoom. He's going to come in the Zoom and talk to us. Here's oh, the shit. thing. Oh, shit. Here's the thing. Okay. All right. If you don't change your name in the Zoom, everyone's going to know you're not Black Scorpion 4. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. All right. This week's question was submitted by Rusky Self. What's your favorite example of an old comic that probably wouldn't make it past editorial today? For example, Rusky sent a picture of the cover to Betty and Me number 16 from 1968, where Archie is carrying her out of the water. And he proudly exclaims that he had to, quote unquote, beat off three other guys to rescue her. It happens. Totally. Good. I never get tired of looking at it. It happens. All right. We're set. We're ready to go. Let's take our first zoom visit. Let's do this. I'm admitting He's been sitting here patiently. Well, we all know that it's Black Scorpion number three, so we don't need to add him like that's that. That's right. Oh, no, his name's in the video. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said, like, you want to rename yourself? Too late. <laughs> oh, too late. Too late. <laughs> How's it going, nerds? Good. How are we doing today? Welcome to welcome to our very personal Zoom. I believe this is the first time we've, his face. we've ever seen your beautiful face. You guys should oh, see uh, him. He's shirtless. He's ripped. He's covered in tattoos. My God. They're going to know that's not true in a second here. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, sorry. For, for some reason, I thought I was just going to be able to watch via Zoom instead of Facebook. I hate, hate, hate Facebook. Hey, I hear you. We're trying to give people more ways to do this. So, yes, if you want, we could put out the Zoom link. And you guys, if I, I don't know if I have to let you in or if you can watch once you're oh, in the I, waiting I think room. You have to admit us, but there's ways where you can have us raise hands and stuff in there. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and maybe we'll get, maybe we'll move to that a little more for people to hate the Facebook. And I get why, but regardless. Let's wrap about nerd shit. Are you going to DC yeah. Fandom? Are you excited? Are you going to sit down and watch all the propaganda videos? I, I, I want to make sure that there's there's like multiple windows of the same person falling asleep. In the background <laughs> of, of <that> <laughs> I do feel like if we if we learned anything from virtual Comic Con, which was 
kind of a flop and really boring and felt like uh-huh. you were sitting in on a bunch of like meetings and PowerPoint presentations. I don't remember hearing a single thing from the virtual comic. Nobody watched it. That's why nobody friggin watched. They all just kind of sat there and were like, uh, all right, this is boring. And like, I watch PowerPoints and meetings at work all week. I don't want to ingest, you know, my Comic-Con like this, unfortunately. What's one more, though, right? Right. One more head on the screen. Well, this one's a little (laughs) more focused, at least. So we don't have to worry about all the extraneous noise. We can just focus on The Rock and The Suicide Squad and 17 different Batman. Hey, hey, speaking of The Rock, though, I want to talk to you about these parallels between the WWE's uh, market model and then the DC Universe app. You've been burying the DC Universe app as a failure, but if it's something where they're making content that ends up getting bought and then sold to other platforms, like that's the WWE streaming uh, market model in the first place. Yeah. So they have over a billion dollars in, in TV contracts right now by uh, uh, sh- uh, licensing off uh, broadcasting rights to stuff that was free on their app. Right. And if, if DC can capitalize on that model, like, it's it's good for them, even though it, it doesn't make sense. From, from the prospect of you're not guiding people to the app, they're making money through selling it to HBO or whomever. Yeah, I agree. And I think that is a major part of it, what they want to go for. Just looking at it, again, like what WWE does, you have John Cena's face on paper towels. You know, you have toothbrushes and crap like that. And they yeah. just throw their names on anything because it's money. It's money that comes yeah. back. And DC... Yeah, watch for the Justice League and your Tostitos real quick here. You know, I mean, they're going to be <laughs> yeah. everywhere. So well, it's, it's a big deal for, for the their appearance on HBO Max, because if, if DC, it's, it's its own category, you know, in, in the tabs from the, from the, the homepage or whatever. That's great. Yeah, uh, it, it just means more people are thinking about DC as the big one. Marvel doesn't have the equivalent on an HBO app. You go to superheroes and you're thinking about the DC roster. That's true. I will say when you, but when you go to Disney plus, they do have the Marvel section. So it feels like it, I get why DC wants to do this because it feels like they're legitimizing themselves. Marvel all of a sudden, I mean, of course they're legit. They're an entertainment juggernaut, but now they have a Disney plus place where you go to get everything Marvel and DC wants the same exact thing. They wrote, you know, and, HBO is owned by Warner Brothers and AT&T, so why not? It makes sense, and I get it. It just... It's, it's good for the prestige of DC, too, in terms of the, the content they make. Like, yeah. Doom Patrol, um, I, I first tuned in because uh, um, uh, Robot Man, what's the voice again? Um, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Love Brendan Fraser, and I thought oh, it was yeah. so hokey that he'd be voicing the robot. I tuned in kind of for yucks, but in the right setting, if it's alongside Watchmen or some kind of HBO prestige series, suddenly you pay attention. You're like, Oh, look at all the artistic stuff instead of thinking yeah. about going out of the donkey's ass or something like yeah, that. Totally. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who it was. that was talking with us last or last time we were on, uh, but they were talking about how delightfully weird TV <laughs> is getting and uh-huh. like it's catching up to the weirdness of the comics and pulling it off, totally mm-hmm. pulling it off. Doom Patrol is mm-hmm. so wonderful. And is it going to sell a single Doom Patrol comic? Probably not. I hope so. You know, I mean, like, but that's also that's also the jerks on eBay. They're like, first appearance, robot man's foot. 
you know, $200, you know. <laughs> I did find the first appearance of uh, Cliff wearing a leather jacket, though, so. We did talk about that the other day because <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, wait a minute, Cliff's a NASCAR driver. Why does he wear all these punk rock <laughs> shirts? <laughs> I don't know. Cool bro points. That's what I think is good. That was, uh, that was Richard Case. Definitely, that was his, uh, definitely cool yeah. bro points. That was his well, design. Well, yeah, but the, the, the titles of each issue were also referencing, like, new wave albums and things like that. Uh, one, I think the one where he first wears a leather jacket is called Worlds in Collision, which was a, a Paraubu album of the 1950s. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah they're, they're going for obscure stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, Morrison, <laughs> yeah, he, like, grew up in that weird punk rock British scene. He knows what's up. He used to be cool. He's an aging hipster, just like us. <laughs> He's a little yeah, yeah, yeah. A little more aging, perhaps, but speak for yourself. I've never been hip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have an answer for you for the question of the week. Okay, hit us. And by the way, when you're uh, done, I'll, I'll mute you. I'm not going to kick you out, so you can watch via Zoom or whatever. Yeah. And once I'd it like to in, lurk. you can turn off your camera if you want. I, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, your call. So <laughs> we'll do. Uh, so uh, about ten years ago, I used to scour the dollar bins and things. In the dollar bin, I found the issue of Lois Lane of I'm curious black yeah yeah she becomes a black woman for a day oh yeah and i remember looking at the cover i'm like oh, oh this thing is this this is i can't believe it my my head was exploding i'm like oh, she hops man. in a she hops in a very high-tech tanning booth yep yes, yes. i'm like here we go here we go and i'm looking through the the pages and, and when i was reading that i'm like oh you know what this was super progressive for the day at, at the time it was it's, it's her and, yeah, it's, it's her encountering, you know, racism from a first-person perspective, and it, it it doesn't it doesn't much better than I think it should. Right? No, it, but, definitely, she would get canceled for it today, no question. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but I understand the intent, uh, um, it, but uh, I, I expect it to be more cringe than it was. But man, you just you just can't be black for a day. This, yeah. Not how. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, they, so like, there's some historical context for that. There was a a movie in 1967, uh, a Swedish movie called "I Am Curious Yellow." Nick, I'm gonna mute you so we can turn on the phone lines and stuff, but we'll we'll keep rapping with you. Uh, so yeah, "I Am Curious Yellow" came out in 1967. Oh, I'm sorry, it was an erotic drama film, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy down there? Oh. Called I am curious. Yellow. Okay, you guys, you, you guys are. You gotta, you gotta. Let me mute you. Let me mute you. I'll just. It'll be okay. I'm just gonna mute you. Don't panic. That's Frank. That's Frank's weird thumb face. <laughs> oh, oh, it's Kevin Matchstick. Uh, anyway, yeah. So this was all about you know social issues of the day. Uh, yeah, I am uh, curious. Yellow it, was about a white girl that wanted to have sex with Asian dudes. That's what it was, was about. Yeah, Asian. Yeah, uh, Asian issues. Uh, but I did not know it. It was an erotic drama. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm curious. Black, not so much. It wasn't like Lois didn't turn black. It wasn't erotic at have all. Have sex with a bunch of brothers. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. But it was the exact opposite of the Eddie Murphy Saturday Night Live sketch where he like puts on the white makeup and walks around New York and it's just to see what it's like to be white for a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like in the quick shop and like the black dude's there and buying cigarettes and leaves and he picks up the paper and walks up and the white dude's like, "Go ahead, take it, man. You're white." <laughs> Like gets on the bus and everybody's having drinks, you know. <laughs> like the brand, the like the two Mexican dudes get on and he settles down. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I don't know if uh, BS3 can see this, but there's somebody in the video chat claiming to be his kid, his child, and we know that that's not who that is. Oh my! 
Gross. I don't even want to get into that. The phone lines are open, by the way, 402-819-4894 if you want to call us. In the meantime, Frank was waiting the longest, so I'm going to unmute Frank. Look at this good-looking son of a bitch. I had no idea you hey. guys were this pretty. Look at you what all. What up, Frank? We can see your damn faces yeah, now. This right, is nuts. That's right. I'm a good-looking man. But I'm, only, I'm all, but I'm only like five foot five. So, you know, you got some trade-offs. Hey, five three. I get it, brother. All right? All right. My people. My people. That's right. Shrimp posse. There we go. Well, you know? Nice. Nice. Shrimping ain't easy. It ain't. I, I, uh, Gross. I have no answer for the week, but I do have some stuff I wanted to talk about. Oh, oh, oh. Uh-oh. Sorry, I'm gonna oh. let I'm gonna let this caller and um, see if they hold. Caller, you I, I, are on I, I, hold. Do you understand? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he is muted. I wanted, to, I wanted to class it up and you know be in front of a nice, respectable painting. You know. That's, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. But uh, so you know, I, um, also the, uh, just commenting on that Lois Lane uh, issue. There was that movie with James Earl Jones in the '70s called Watermelon Man, where he's a white dude that yeah. beca- that wakes up one day and he's black. And he has to like it's basically talking about. You, you never seen that movie? I have seen it. Yes, I've I've never oh, seen okay. it. Okay, I was I was totally fascinated with that. It's like I I, I was like, what is the, what is this? What is this? This is nuts. And so I, I watched that. I, I think I watched it like three times before I was ten years old. So one of the reasons why I'm not a you know I'm I'm not a racist type of person. I. At least, at least I work at, at it. It's because of stuff like that, and because yeah, of stuff yeah. like Nichelle Nichols on Star Trek, and you know, like, like, because it was normalizing, you know, like everybody just being everybody. Just right. People are people, right. you know, and that's that's the biggest thing about about racism. It's like you have to realize that everybody's a person, you know. But I don't want to get too heavy right now because that's pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> that's heavy stuff. Uh, it's not what yeah, we do here. We stick to dick and, and fart jokes call, for the most part. I didn't call to be heavy today. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. I wanted to I wanted to comment on the DC merger, and I, I made a comment before about it, no one knows what to do with the DC properties. Yeah, they are so vast and varied, and and there's so much legacy to these characters. You know, you can't just keep pushing Batman. You know, like it, it, they they don't know the value of these things. And they just think, well, everybody wants Batman, 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 Batman. And you can't just throw out Batman to everybody all the time. And it's the same thing that happened with Wolverine. Everyone got so, like, fed up and, and Wolverine fatigue. Yeah. They killed him. Absolutely. So, you know, what's going to happen? In, in five years, they're going to kill Batman. <clears throat> and in five more years, he's going to come back. Right. So what's what's the point? Dig a little deeper. Take these characters to the neck. Take some, some of those lower-tier characters. Uh, Marvel took – because they didn't have access to Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and the X-Men – what did they do? They took Iron Man, a let's let's be honest, a second or even third tier character. I was never an Iron Man fan. They put him in a part. They made a movie about him, cast which was brilliant, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and then remade that character to be more like Robert Downey Jr. And now he's like everybody loved everybody loves Iron Man. Everything totally. Iron Man is awesome. I think we forget. We completely forget what kind of chance. That Marvel Studios took on that. Crap. Oh yeah, where I mean, well, they could have just gone. Yeah, Captain America fights Wolverine, <laughs> you know, and, right. and given you well, five you know, movies of that, you know. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted Tom Cruise for Captain for not uh, for Iron Man. Yeah, I oh, remember that. Yeah. I'm so glad. Think about think about what a disaster that would have been. Ugh. Like really, it would have been a disaster. 
Robert Downey Jr. made the Marvel Universe. And anybody who says any different, I think they're not putting in perspective. Um, what's his oh, – why well, can't I remember his name now? He's like the guy who wrote and directed Iron Man. I, I'm like – John Favreau. Oh, John, John Favreau. Favreau. He fought and fought and fought to get – uh, Robert Downey Jr. that part. Yeah. So, you know, in, in a lot of, you know, John Favreau is so instrumental in creating the Marvel Universe, that uh, this Marvel Cinematic Universe, that anything he's done, and, and I've been a fan of his since um, Swingers, you know, if you ever yeah. saw that movie. That movie's what do you phenomenal. Do? And I've, been a, I've been a fan since then. And he's just a phenomenal writer, a phenomenal director. And I think he's doing everything. And, and he's, they, now that he's connected to Star Wars, it's, you know, he's, He's got a lot. Of, this guy's got a lot of chops, you know, and I'm and I'm excited to see what he's doing. Definitely, so, definitely, and yeah, I agree. And I agree yeah. with you wholeheartedly. Marvel went on to do like Guardians of the Galaxy and shit. And you could, oh, yeah. and you could say like, oh well, you know, DC put Cyborg in their Justice League movie or whatever. But like, no, I, I'm sorry, it was still Superman right. and Batman, hot off the heels of Superman and Batman right. and a Wonder right. Woman movie coming in. And, well, yeah. and by that point, they had already retconned a cyborg as a founding member in the comics. Right. So. Yeah. No, did, there, did you guys see the cartoon? There was an animated Justice League movie, and it came out probably about three or four years before the Justice League Zack Snyder movie. And it was basically, if you watched it, it was kind of the blueprint for the new Justice League movie. There's a lot of elements to it. What are you doing with my iPad? Stop that. <laughs> Sorry. Technical you know, difficulties. I go, I go to a room to be alone and I have children invading my room. <laughs> stop. Stop it. Come on. Seriously. Stop. Stop. Sit patiently. I'm talking to the podcast, the Joe and Matt from the podcast. Couple See, of nerds. My daughter. That's the right. thing that's daughter, making all the noise constantly? That's yeah. the one that makes Mm, that one in the sun. The sun makes noise too. I see. So I wanted to uh I wanted to stop jumping on the bed, please. I wanted to also um talk about Star Trek Lower Decks because it's been three episodes now. Right, right, right. And I gotta say, man, I I am uh, I absolutely love the show. It's improved. I think it's, it's improved. It's so good. That first episode, the first episode was good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad episode, but it wasn't like it wasn't like, wow, this is it. They too many jokes in the first episode. You know, yeah, that's what it was. I think that a lot of people got a little bit um, turned off by that. But right. when when the second episode, really good, funny, but not too funny. Third episode, and I know it's a comedy show, so we're watching a comedy show, and I, I know we got to, you know, we're gonna have jokes and stuff. But I really thought the last episode. I mean, one of the biggest gags in that last episode was that was the final scene of it where they re referenced Miles O'Brien. And I was like, yeah, that, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> it was I, great. So hard. It was great. I, I was so <laughs> and I was like, that is the best because everybody, because no matter who you talk to, everyone, everyone loves Miles O'Brien. Yeah. Everyone. Oh, loves yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Chief O'Brien. Are you kidding me? All right, yeah. Frank, I got I got some poor strap right. on hold here. I'm going to mute you. I'm All not right. going to kick you out. You can stay if you want. I mean, up to you. I'm, Your call. All right, let me stop his video, get him out of here. We got some poor jerk holding. I think <laughs> sorry, I know who it sorry, is. Sorry, Frank. I have no idea what you were saying at the end because Matt <laughs> muted you prematurely. Thank you for calling TH Uncovered to Cover. Caller, who this? Hello? Caller? Call. Are, are you there? Caller. I'm here. There he is. Caller, who this? Hello. Hello, caller, who this? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos. I apologize. Hello, I was muting Brian. myself and not you. <laughs> is, is this the, the fandom pre-call? Um, yes. Uh, hotline? You are. Yep. Well, this is the line to get in line to get the ticket to get in line. Yes. 
Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I look forward to not watching anything live and seeing all the recaps later. So that's my plan. Okay. Um, that's exactly what I said. Matt's like, we should live stream our reaction. I'm like, that sounds I just miserable. thought we should no. do it so you poor jerks don't have to. Because like, No, thank you. Quite that's honestly, not how I want to spend my Saturday. It's already you know, you, too easy not to pay any attention to Comic-Con because they're going to give you a rap sheet with everything that happened that day. This is just like making it even easier. Now that it's all edited listen, and on Matt, screen. This is, this is what... Um, um, Newsarama, I'm sorry, Games Radar. This is what they're built for. It's a <laughs> yeah. press release. Put it all together in a, in a punch. Yeah. Just I don't I don't need to hear the nuance. If there's a great interview, like I know that um, uh, Willow Wilson and um, God, what's that maniac's name? Uh, Michael Sheen. Um, they did like a one-on-one uh, conversation. I think about Sandman stuff, and that sounds great. And so I will definitely watch that. But, definitely, um, yeah, that sounds cool. We will be right back with Cover to Cover, but first, a word from our sponsor. We wanted to tell you about Omaha Bound's latest Kickstarter project. Omaha Bound are premier bookbinders that specialize in binding comic books into amazing, one-of-a-kind, hardbound editions, completely customizable to your specifications. Omaha Bound's latest project is a collection of Paul Tobin and Phil Hester's Fringe, originally printed by Caliber Comics in the 1990s and reprinted for the first time collected ever. Oh, by the way, the series never ended, but now you can read the end. This new reprint includes a newly written ending to the story, new spot illustrations by Hester accompanying the new ending, new cover by Phil Hester, and an introduction by Zach Davison. We're going to have a link in the show notes to their Kickstarter where you can see preview art and more. Now, these books are already printed, so you pledge if you want to own this beautiful collection of early work by Tobin and Hester. You will also get a copy of The Fringe pencils and inks it's a companion piece that has a hundred plus pages of original art sketches and other artifacts it's printed in full color and like i said they're already printed so you order this and boom it's shipping right out to you plus you'll also get a copy of the wretch omnibus which collects every wretch storyline including a new one by series artist phil hester that he did in 2019 and the wretch pencils and inks art book Go check out their Kickstarter. Get in on four exciting, beautifully curated hardcovers, printing, fringe, and the wretch for the first time with new content. I want to send a huge thanks to Omaha Bound for supporting this show and go support these guys. Contact them if you want to get your hands on these unique collectibles or you want to get your comics bound into a one of a kind hardcover collection. I know on their website they had an X Factor collection all lined up and the spines lined up with the team showing the the Larry Stroman X Factor stuff that I love so much. You can find them at omahabound.com. Now back to the show. Joe, I heard you mention that uh, Comic-Con was completely pointless, and it was, because who cares? You know, like, they they did not yeah. do a good job, the general thing. So I think this is a great idea. Like, why not? And it's split into two days. Like, awesome. Okay, something to look forward to in a month. And sure. There's more, um, um, there's more um, trailers, and because there's been nothing. There's been no news about anything for months. You yeah, know, and we've been sitting craving content for months. Yeah, so, I, I like that. Know. I like that they're giving us something. It does, and yes, we we need this stuff. We need to get excited about this. 
if they want people to get excited about movies that are being pushed back in the theaters and projects that seem like they're never going to come out, this is a good way to keep that fire burning and keep us pumped up and whatnot. We'll see if it works. My problem with it is that I think they're shooting themselves in the foot by saying uh, it's it's over two days. We're going to repeat all the content three times each day. Right. And if you don't see everything you want to see by Sunday, sorry, you missed out. It's like, well, well okay. it's going to be all over the Internet, though. I mean, like, come on. Sure. It's not like they're going to be like, no, we're taking it all back. That's not. Yeah, I mean, it can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Of, they got to make it seem like can't miss. Right. It's exclusive, you know, so it's exclusive with three chances, which is, you know, playing fast and loose with exclusive. But, um, you know, I mean, if it's something that they posted on their awful you know, dccomics.com website, which is just, I wish, I don't know why they can't seem to get it to be a good site. Same thing with like marvel.com. They're awful. Yeah. Um, it blows my it, like mind. The search, function, <laughs> the, the search functions don't work. Like you put in what you're looking for yeah. and it's like, you know, can't find, like you can't find a, there's marvel.com. It's nothing about death lock. Like where else would I look? Right. Like this is, why, you know, what are you talking about? Um, like that, ostensibly, be, ostensibly, you, know. you are supposed to be able to read Marvel Unlimited yeah. comics on in a web browser, but it is so impossible to find anything and get to where you want to go to see that content. Not that to, you might as well just download the app. I didn't even know that was possible on their website. Quite honestly, yeah, I thought, yeah. and I tried it thinking at one point. I was like, well, I guess not. I'll just use the app. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, Brian, so, I kind yeah, of cut I mean, you off there. No, I mean, those are valid points. Um, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think everything sounds interesting. There's like, you know, the Suicide Squad. There's like stuff about Black Adam. Like, okay, put it all in one place. That's great. And then we'll watch the trailers on, you know, IMDb later. Sure. Like, whatever. Sure. But, um, you know, I'm hoping that there is, it's been a um, tumultuous couple of weeks for that company. And, um some time has passed. I don't feel like it's so much of a gut punch of, you know, some of my favorite editors getting shit canned at DC. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's a weird thing. Like Jim Lee does that interview and everyone's like, Oh, that's just corporate speak. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know. What's he going to be like, man, they fucked up. Yeah. Like, like you, you think Jim, Re- <laughs> yeah. Jim Lee is going to get real with his bosses. Like, <laughs> he's going to, you know where he gets real. It's with the Hollywood reporter. Like, no, get out of here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come he, on. He's going to, he's going to do a smooth over interview and then like, you know, but, but when you get down to it, like lowest selling books getting canceled, like what else is new? Like yeah. everyone knows that's that. not like, news. You know, I mean, I, I could not, I don't know. I have some Robert Venditti allergy where I cannot consume his work, but I know people, you guys love like Hawkman and that's a great book. Supposedly I, you know, I'll take your word for it. I think you should but, try um, it. I think uh, you should try Hawkman. It's, I tr- I've tried. Oh, I, I don't, does, I just like literally cannot handle it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I've tried even with like Brian Hitch. Like I just couldn't get into it, but, um, like there's no way it's a, it's a good selling book. Like it's just no, impossible. It's not, so, it's not, even, sure. so, it's not even top you know, 50. They, I don't think right now. So anyway. yeah, no, it's at the bottom. And so when they say, Oh, it's canceled and people are like, what do you mean? It's like, seriously, man, like a talk man. Yeah. Like he's not on TV. He's not like, he's less popular than hot girl, you know, from the cartoon probably from 20 years ago. I don't, like, I don't disagree. You know what I mean? Like, like something in, in a happy, you guys talked about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago about, um, like Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange, and it's like some of these books don't—they don't need to exist. 
They just, you know, yeah. trot them out every 18 months, give it a six issue miniseries and see what people want. But like just putting stuff out to, to get it in front of people, it doesn't work all the time. I and agree. Sometimes they're a little burnout, you know, and, I agree. and if it's not a good, you know, if there's no story to tell, like clearly like they're like, Dr. Strange isn't a wizard anymore. Now he's a surgeon. It's like you guys, have, that is a complete like. 360 like we're back at the what are we doing yeah like, and uh, I, quite you, honestly you've undone anything anyone likes about him the, the danger is we get into a place where we talk about how much we love comic shops and comic shops and comic shops comic shops make their money off of these books that come out every month and when dc says we are going to contract 20 percent in our printing that's 20 percent of the money i mean you could say no, Hawkman wasn't selling that well, but it was selling two or three issues, I'm sure. If people were ordering it for their pull file or whatnot, that's money that's not going to the comic store at that point. That gets well, a little I scary. Mean, I mean, but that's the assumption yeah, that they're not replacing it with anything. You know, like sure. it's it and and that was a big thing of like you see kind of a cleaning of a house of November, which had nothing to do with the, you know, the the layoffs and everything, because the solicitation stuff was picked out, you know a month and a half ago. Like they knew what books were ending. Right. Um, and unless it's a case of like, Oh, that guy pulled his dick out and guess what? That show's not like literally yeah. like we're canceling that book today. Like that is completely right. a different <laughs> story. Like, which these are probably where they're, like, sell more happen. Yeah. I mean, well that issue sure would. <laughs> yeah. So the dick out like, issue, you know, I, I will be, I will be concerned about the state of that sort of thing. If we get to like March and April and there's no replacements, like Fair. there's nothing yeah, right. new and, and like, that's when you start to see the gap. Like I fully suspect that after this dumb dark night metal stuff is over, there's going to be new attempts at something. There's going to be oh, reboots and, of course. you know, relaunches. But if we don't see that, you know, like that's when you start to go, Oh, like yeah. it starts to look like it's drying up, like clearing the, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, and I, um, it's like a natural forest fire, not the horrible yeah, ones like that a, are a controlled, a controlled brush fire. Right. Yeah. Like something's got to go and then you make room for new things and you, cause you never know what's going to pop. And they, they don't, they're not saying, well, we only want to sell 10 books. Like they want all their books to be successful, but if the books don't sell, like, yeah, you know, like, sorry, you know, Vendetti go right. Uh, justice league that no one's reading. And you I know? think like, like what we were talking about earlier, the other history of the DC universe, that's a great place where you could start highlighting other characters characters that we don't normally see you can start pushing some people up a little bit to see what rises to the top and maybe they start right. in a digital comic book and maybe they get a cartoon after that or maybe they show up on one of your dc shows that are on hbo max or whatever you know they need to start doing that though you, you can't yeah, and milestone right i mean that's, yeah. right. that's one of the things like jim lee specifically mentions milestone like yeah. that's huge and if they can pull that off and but that's going to require comic shops to order the books that's you know, true going to require right. people who've been bitching about not having an icon book for 20 years to go to whatever retailer they use and pre-order every issue that's true you know but mm -hmm. are they going to do that probably not i do think you it's know? funny I mean, though that like comics gate jumped right on this like well this is what you get dc 
Would you try and please cancel culture and liberal snowflakes? This is what happens. And DC goes, uh, yeah, we've learned our lesson. Now we're going to push Milestone and the other history of the DC universe. So <laughs> yeah, these, really, these super high profile Smoke on that, racist. Yeah. So uh, um, I, I think so, one, of the, one of the concerns that, um, that I've heard uh, that um, specifically from uh, some of the creators on these books, like um, Cy Spurrier on Hellblazer, is that this definitely felt like a panic move, not just a oh that these books aren't selling. Yeah, yeah well, of time course. to yeah time to thin the herd, um, because they they're, they're not even giving the the books a chance to see how they do in trade. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think that historically lower selling titles that stay around for a long time are successful in other ways than in individual issues. Brian, I got some peeps that are waiting and want to come in if you want. Actually, no, I got somebody that's calling too. So I got to let you go, man. I know you can't. Thank you for calling. All right, guys. We need to figure out a phone. We'll, thing. Bye, <laughs> we'll talk about fan fandom next week. Deal. All right. It wasn't Batman. Wasn't Batman pulling his dick out the reason all this shit started? I believe so. I believe so. We're going to go in order here. Michael Severe has been waiting patiently. I'm going to unmute him now. So I don't know if he's still watching the Zoom and can hear us and he'll just start talking. We'll see. Michael, are you there? Can you, you can hear me? We can, can hear, hear you. We, we can, can hear, hear you. you. How are you today, sir? Hey. What do you want to rap about? I'm Th- great. How are you guys doing? This is awesome. This isn't this fun? We can like it's a it's chaotic. Do you want it's me to turn on your crazy. camera? I, I I shut off your camera just in case. Do you want me to turn it on? You can do it. I don't care. I'm just sitting here. I'm okay. I'm not naked. That's okay. I've asked people to start a video. There he is. <laughs> How you doing? Are you at home or are you in the studio? Joe's face so much. No, I'm at home. Okay. I'm at home. See, video game. Oh, badass. Ooh, cool. Poster. I'm at home. Man, this is what the what I do. high this is what the high class Hello. internet sports talk broadcaster lives like, huh? Hello. Oh, I think you froze. Oh, we see you. <sighs> we can hear you though. Yo. We can hear you, yeah, fine. You hear me? Yes. Yeah, buddy. We can hear you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was on his hear end. Yeah, we can we can totally hear you. I think you froze on your I, end. I, I I can see myself moving, but you guys stopped. It was uh, very weird. Yeah, I think you you froze on us. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, what it video game is that? Uh, it's a little blurry. I can't see it. We keep losing. We lost Michael. him again. All right, Michael, I'm cutting you off. You're gonna have to call in. I don't know what else to tell you. You're in. Inter- yes. Wait, wait. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> no, wait. You're here. <laughs> Am I here now? Yes, you're here now. You're here. You're on the internet. <laughs> you're on the internet. <laughs> so stupid. We were, I we were making fun of Severe Palace, you know, because the Wi-Fi isn't so great. But, you know, what can you do? That's crazy. You know what? I just checked the speed today, and it was up over 175, so it's fine. Psh, who knows? It's not that. Freaking got to be something else. I don't know what it is. All right, let's talk nerd I, talk. I, enough, enough of this Wi-Fi talk. So this is old-fashioned nerd talk because okay. when I was a kid, I watched a lot of soap operas with my, my grandma, okay? That was the ultimate nerd stuff, was watching soap oh, yeah. operas as a little kid. Oh, anyway, hell yeah. Luke on General Hospital raped Laura. Right. And then they got in a relationship and eventually got married. Yes. That's not happening today. <laughs> that, there's no, no. way. The no. dude is raping a woman. <laughs> I think it was at a bar or something. And then they end up getting together, go on the run and get married. Oh, That's wow. <laughs> That's some Stockholm syndrome there. Wow. Yeah, it's a wild story. <laughs> it's a wild story. And like years later, they actually, they finally like, oh. 
I'm sorry. They finally nothing... had a storyline where she calls him on it. There's nothing funny like, about it. You've been it. married for 30 years. Yeah, no doubt. Like, hey, sweetie, they you know what? We should a... talk. <laughs> having a kid, right? Didn't end up having a kid. And they had to explain they have a couple of kids, kid. yeah. But I, I remember them. There was an episode where they explained it to the kid. Like, I wasn't watching anymore, but I was following along on like Soap Opera Digest or whatever. And they had to explain to the kid that the dad had raped the mom. So it was like, mommy, how did you meet daddy? Like, well, it's kind of a well, not funny, very serious, tra- traumatizing story. <laughs> you know, I don't like exactly. Exactly. Yeah, not great. Not great. <laughs> so am I not supposed to watch this fandom thing? Am I not cool if I watch the fandom? I'm getting excited about this with the kids and stuff. Is I mean, like, a cool thing? Or? No, look, no, I want to see, I want to see the movie stuff. I want to see what Black Adam looks like. I want to see the tease, the Batman and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, I feel like, everything that they're going to drop can probably be encapsulated in a five minute video, you know, YouTube best of fandom thing. And the rest of it's just going to be a bunch of BS, right? Oh yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean, what what are we now as people in 2020, we're always wanting to be first, right? So you want to see it first opposed to waiting until tomorrow. And we watch a lot of those YouTube things where they break down the videos or they break down the trailers. Right. We watch those family a lot of times. And they're going to break this down. I know that, but I, I don't know. I kind of being first in 2020 is important, I guess. No, it is. And, and I'm with you. Like, I, I want to um, see some of it. I just don't know how much of it they're really going to give us. How much is just going to be this propaganda dance of like, we're all so excited, well, right? Mean, you know? And some of the, some of the panels are just like silly nonsense. Like the cast yeah. of Wonder Woman 1984 play Werewolf, which is a board game they invented during shooting. <laughs> okay. True. <laughs> you know Goodwill, they're playing Monopoly. It's an old school game. It's 1984. It's not playing- <laughs> now. Come on. And the other thing I want to watch in it is, like, so I've been watching a lot of the highlights of stuff, and all of the, I mean, I'm silly, but the whole uh, Snyder Cut stuff, that interests me. Like, are they going to really make that into four parts so are they going to make it into two parts we don't know a four-hour movie right we don't know yet we know that they're adding more there's rumors yeah. it could be an entire series like a, they could oh. break it up into like six parts or it could be a two-part movie we don't really know and i don't know how much they're going to tell us here aren't they i mean i don't remember in all of the the back and forth about it but is it just going to be on HBO Max or are they trying to release it? Only going to be on HBO Max. There is no HBO theatrical Max. release. By the way, I totally win that nerd bet. Congrats. Yeah. So in your face. <laughs> no, it's you just HBO Max. Pay for it. Um, we shall see. Joe, Let me Joe ask you. Up like 91. Joe's up 91 to nothing on you. So if you get one, <laughs> that's it's not, not true. true. Michael, are you excited to watch Justice League again? Yeah. So I am because, so two things. One, from what I've watched on YouTube, is they're going to add a bunch more of cyborg stuff in there, mm-hmm. that stuff, right? They left a whole bunch of that out, so they're going to put a bunch of that in. And I want to see more of his story stuff, plus all the football stuff. So they're adding that back in. So that's all about me, right? I love the football <laughs> stuff. Um, and I, I, I didn't, I know how you are. You either hate stuff or you maybe a little bit like it. Me, I'm a person that I, I grew, I lived 40 years before not getting any of this good stuff. And now I just, I like almost everything. You it just want it. I didn't hate it. Fair enough. I watched, I've watched it three or four times. I think it, it could be better though. I know it's like, I did not yes. hate the and Justice so League if movie he can either. Actually make it- I, I guess I, okay. I hated it because I, I feel Batman it could be better. Oh, I, yeah. Batman versus Superman. Yes. Was yes. Yeah. It was garbage. That was bad. Now I'll, I'll agree with that. That was bad. I think we can like, all okay, agree. And then Suicide Squad. I didn't. You know, and then and by the way, the Harley Quinn one, I know you weren't a huge fan of it, man. I, we just rewatched that. I mean, I, we vote. We a whole Me family too. really. So, you know, I don't, that one I like. 
Fair I enough. Too. I, I just don't know that revisiting it, it, we'll see. We will see. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. Maybe we revisit this and it is great. I find it hard to believe. But well, you, what you're going to like is from when I was watching one of those videos, is they're going to take all of those messed up scenes where they had to take his mustache off. Yeah. All that will be out of the movie. So See, we but, won't have any of that anymore. But, but like hair lip Superman was my favorite Superman, you know, where like, look, he's just like us. He's not beautiful. <laughs> like he is. He's got something wrong with his face, just like me. You know, that's why I wear all this hair. So you can't see what's under here. It's awful. You know, <laughs> I, think, I think Joe's face is perfect. Personally, I don't know about it. speak for yourself. But yeah, no, face. Joe is gorgeous. Uh, I mean, it's a little dark in here because uh, I'm using natural light and it's kind of <laughs> gloomy, but uh, I am trying to grow out You're my beard. I don't see I anything. To, like, I, it doesn't matter. I'm trying to grow it doesn't matter how close he gets. It's not going to cut. You won't be able to see it. There. Trust me. Michael, it's, I got. It's not going to work. I got it's some dudes waiting in here. I'm not going to kick you out, but I'm going to I'm going to cut your camera. I'm not kicking you out. Okay. Bye, buddy. In order, Jeffrey Ketchum has been waiting very patiently. Do we actually have somebody on the voice line? No, not at the moment. I'm watching that too. I have unmuted. JD, you got a catch. Are you there? I am. <laughs> I will ask to start your video. You don't have to if you don't want to. And that's I'm an announcement. If you jump into the Zoom, you can talk to us and I can ask you if you want to start your video or you can just. Go audio. Total, totally your call. And JD figured out how to put the hand up and everything to say, I want to talk. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you can just come in and lurk. I don't care. Come in. Lurk. <laughs> it's fine. What are we rapping about today, JD? Um, well, uh, so we talked for quite a while last weekend, uh, about two hours, and talked about a lot of stuff. But uh, one of the things I want to talk about uh, this week is, uh, have you guys checked out Hoopla? No, I don't know no Hoopla. I've never, I've never used it. No. Okay, so Hoopla is a is an app that allows you to check out media, books, comics, videos, TV shows, music, sure. uh, through your library. Sorry, knocking shit around. I apologize. <laughs> and <laughs> and I mean, I'd used library apps before, but I'd I'd been hearing a lot about Hoopla, so I went online and I checked it out. And you guys should really look at it. The the selection is crazy. We have like, heard of Hoopla. Um, I believe Brian Domingos mentioned it, and I, Jared Savitas uses it too. Willie Toots, he's a fan. Yeah, yeah. Brian said it last week when we yeah. were talking about it that he he's been using it all through quarantine. But like, I mean, they have stuff as recently like uh, uh, Brubaker and Phillips Pulp is already up. Oh, nice. available. That's nice. brand new. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was available like two days after it came out. <laughs> That's very cool. Neat. And, uh, you know, like you can, and it depends on your library. The, the settings are different per library. Like I can, I can check out six titles per month and I get them for 21 days. That's not bad. And the nice wow. thing, yeah. And the nice thing about it is, is like, uh, you know, unlike regular libraries, when, when it's due date is happens, it just checks back in. You can't forget. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. always my problem. <laughs> How much does it cost to do a hoopla? Is that what the kids Nothing. call it? Doing a you just gotta, you just got to get a library card. Oh, no so shit! You just, you just got to go to the homeless toilet and get your card. Not Matt. bad. So this is like government funded socialist comics. Yes, <sighs> totally into that. <laughs> but so, I mean, they're they're up. I mean, like if you just go to the, the comics page and go to popular. I mean, the very first thing is Umbrella Academy Volume One, Umbrella Academy Volume Two, Avatar: Last Airbender Issue One. Umbrella Academy Volume Three. So this is big stuff, like popular stuff right now too. It's not just like, yeah, and and DC probably is the one that's like the most on top of stuff. I mean, they've 
you know, uh, Doomsday Clock volumes one and two are already available. Um, well, X-Men two, I mean, here's X-Men by Jonathan Hickman volume one. That's pretty quicker than the lake house. Yeah, definitely. It is. It's definitely quicker than the lake house. Well, (laughs) with Marvel, it's about on par with the lake house because it's mostly trades, but DC's doing day and date stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah. I keep forgetting that I have a library card and I don't actually know where it is. (laughs) All you have to have is the number. So, well, yeah, I mean, that's the problem is that I have no idea. (laughs) Should be able to just call the library. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good point. (laughs) So I don't actually have to go to the homeless toilet. That's right. So uh, I was really excited for the spider spider woman movie when I saw it on the, uh, on the prompt for today and, you know, directed by Olivia Wilde. I think that's, that's going to be pretty cool. And then I caught a little bit of the the nerd news and heard that it was Sony and I immediately lost interest. So see, that's where, that's kind of where I'm at. It, It just, and it's not that I don't, trust sony to make good movies they've made good spider-man movies but and i know people thought venom was fun i didn't care for it because i would rather just see a a good movie you know with venom and spider-man and whatnot and i just don't get the whole adjacent thing and it takes away it really takes away yeah and 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 how i mean like i just i i I couldn't get into venom because i can't figure out how you have a venom without spider-man yeah that's i mean like and 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 i can't figure i mean i can kind of understand how we have a jessica drew without spider-man because her con i mean she is can we all admit that she's the the hawk man of marvel I, yeah, yes. Yeah. With her, she is the Hawkman of Marvel in terms of her convoluted, convoluted origins. I don't yeah. disagree. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think Hawkman is a little worse, but not much. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> like uh, maybe by an you inch. Can, you, can, you can look at, you can look at Jess's origins and just go, yeah, no. And, and just kind of blow right. past it. But Hawkman yeah. really breaks your brain. So. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I have been loving this uh, Hawkman series and they keep doing, they keep making references to things. And I, I'm still not sure how it all works. Like they're talking about Qatar hall and, and like, are they the same person or are they not the same person? I give it to me straight. <laughs> From what I understand. Yes, they are the same person. They so the Hawk woman on Thanagar though, is not the same as the one that is now Hawk Girl. Yes. Is this the Hawkman from 2018, Volume 1 Awakening? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, she is. She has yeah, time traveled. Brian Hitch. She has time traveled. Carter no, no, Hall has it, not. So there's, right, I, I'm there's, borrowing it from Hoopla. There you go. There's Shiera, there's Shiera Hall, H-O-L. Right. Who was Katar's wife. Correct. But there's also Shaira, spelled slightly differently, Fall T H A W oh T H A L, who is the Hawk Woman from yeah. Tim Truman's Hawk World? She's and the that's cop. A different yes. character. That is a different character. I'm, she is a cop I'm from Family. Officially Thalagar. regretting using my borrow on this. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's really, it's really, really, really good. It, it's really, really good. It's it. Look, it's the twenty second. You'll be fine. I know. Um, so, I want to change the subject real quick away from Marvel because I want to talk up an indie book that I think y'all should check out. Uh, have you guys heard of uh, Popstar Assassin by yes, uh, no. Crash Comics? Yes, I have. 
And it was one yeah. that hit my radar and I was like, I want to check that out. And then I promptly forgot it because I had to read some BS for the show that was probably terrible. <laughs> so. Yeah, the writer, <laughs> uh, 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 Ed Lavalli, uh, he's from Kansas City. He's a really cool guy. Uh, he He's the owner operator of Crash Comics and he's done several stuff. He did a book for Archaea back in the day called uh, Archon. And uh, also he did a Re- Revere uh, Revolution in Silver, I think. Uh, but, uh, I, I just did it. I should know more about him. I just interviewed him <laughs> for my podcast. I like this, uh, Bruce Lee looking guy on the cover here. Cover. Of yeah. Number. Yeah. I do remember hearing yeah. about that and want to check it out. And then I promptly forgot it, but I'm glad to hear oh, it's yeah. cool. It, it, it's, it's, it's got, it's got you written all over it, Matt. It's kind of got a, uh, uh, a Grant Morrison meets, uh, I can't even, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's kind of wild and woolly. It's, uh, the the elevator pitch is basically a, an Elvis impersonator who thinks he's the son of Elvis gets wrapped up into a conspiracy of uh, robot celebrity lookalike assassins. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? This was a Kickstarter, right? Yes. Okay. I threw yeah, money was. at this. <laughs> <laughs> Not go. only did I get interested, I threw money at it and then forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ed's a, Ed's a really great guy. Uh, uh, first, uh, the first part of my inter- of my talk with him went up uh, yesterday. So nice. uh, if you guys want to check that out, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely following everything out of crash comics. They've got some cool stuff and he's, he's got, uh, he's got a line to some really good artists that are just doing some really cool stuff. Cool. That sounds That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds very cool. We'll have to check that out. Okay. We got more people lining up. This is crazy. Yep. We've never been this popular. <laughs> so I'm going to mute you, but I'm going to leave you in here. You don't have to leave. You're more than welcome to All watch right, cool. the way you want. But David Robbins just joined us and he's been very patient. I'm going to unmute David Robbins now. Maybe. There we go. Dave can hear us. I can. Hey, wow. You sound amazing. <laughs> Listen to I'm that at, fidelity. <laughs> I'm at work in a room that's essentially a concrete box. Okay. That would be why. Sweet. It, it does sound like you're in prison. So <laughs> what did you want to rap about today, sir? Um, I just uh, I wanted to call and uh, see if uh, anybody was still watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. up until the bitter end. Yes. Joe Patrick. I loved it. He can talk to you about this. I felt nothing <laughs> i felt i watched the end i and i hadn't watched for a long time i felt nothing i'll let you guys what talk. were you expecting having not watched it for a very long time it could still have been a good show i'm just you guys talk about it it was a good show agents of shield got so much better after that first season like there were this like this year it got a little convoluted with the time travel stuff yeah and, but and they, being in space yeah and being in space uh but you know they finally they finally like came right out and said it. They spent some time in alternate timelines, yep. which explains a lot of why it feels disconnected from everything. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a great send off uh, to all the characters at the end. Uh, this season had some wonderful episodes, like the uh, chopping mall parody episode that took place yep. in the eighties. I do love the original chopping mall so much. <laughs> uh with uh, so with deke so deke um for those of you that don't know uh deke is the grandson of two of the main characters from the future who ends up sticking with the team when they go back in time and they get stuck in the 80s and he ends up being there for like what like three years or something uh he and mac are stuck there for like a year and a half 
And he just like flat out steals all of history's most popular rock songs and claims them as his own and becomes a rock god. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I loved that whole uh, sort of like yesterday, that whole plot. type thing. Kind of, yeah, kind of like yesterday. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Like, there's an entire episode where he's at like some just local club, um, doing his version of. Don't you forget about me? Uh, <laughs> but he, cha- he like changes the lyrics because he probably can't remember them a hundred percent. And because it's the music, people love it. It's like three years before Breakfast Club comes out, so like, <laughs> nobody's heard of this song. I will give Agents of Shield. It is not their fault, and it was a very plucky show. And Marvel didn't know what they were doing with it at first. They're like, yeah, it's going to run right alongside the movies and stuff. And then they're like, no, it's not. And then they're like, it has nothing to do with the Marvel Universe. And then they were like, yeah, it does. <laughs> so I feel I for the writers, of- you know, I, they, I think they did a lot with what they were allowed to do. And yeah. I, I think it fell victim. Uh, I, I think it suffered a lot from the breakup between Kevin Feige and Marvel TV. Agreed. And probably, um, yeah, probably, you know, by the time, by the time, uh, Jeff Loeb got canned and Kevin Feige took everything over again, like agents of shield, the course was set. Yeah. Like th- this season was filmed months ago. ago. Right. Yeah. Ago. Right. Uh, and so they've just been, you know, sitting on it. My, um, my, my theory with agents of shield has always been that that show was done an extreme disservice in its first season by starting it in like September when they were told to start it with ABC because they knew that they were going to tie in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to the Winter Soldier reveal in their first season. And there's about 12 episodes that happen before that reveal that if they were allowed to start in October or November or just truncate that first half of the first season and take a lot of the air out and do the character development that they wanted to do, but then do the reveal twist with Ward being Hydra spoilers for, you know, seven year old uh, series, do that reveal in six episodes or eight episodes instead of the 10 or 12 that they did have. Then I don't think as many people would have jumped off before that winter soldier reveal. And that show would have, would have never been fighting from a a losing position from the entirety of its, of its like existence. I think that's exactly what turned me off. What you just said. That's exactly what turned me off. Because I was just like, what are we doing? Are we doing this? Are we not? (laughs) Come on. There's a lot of treading water. Like I just rewatched the the pilot to after watching the finale and they're like, Colson is Colson and like the seeds are there for Fitz and Simmons and everything is great. And may has like a great you know, presence in the beginning, but then it just kind of treads water until winter soldier. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's again, not that show's fault. They did the best they could. They, they didn't get canceled and they weren't like even in yeah. a save this show you know type situation i mean it was the little show that could they were always in danger yeah so good for them every time every time it did touch the movies when you had fury show up and give colson the sandbox the 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 director's toolbox when he knew that colson was still there and none of the avengers did when you had sip show up after uh dark world when uh like lorelei shows up in in uh uh, in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they're dealing with that fallout and you go have the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. go to London after Dark World when you had 
the the other the just random tie-ins to the bigger universe when they had the episode right before age of ultron where they go on a mission to get the intel they give it to maria hill and then the beginning of age of ultron is maria hill giving the intel to cap yeah like yeah. when you had that stuff that those little handoffs are what made that show i totally agree great. i think and i think yeah, that's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and that was obviously the plan. I yeah. just I, I just really don't understand what the problem was. Like, why? Yeah. Like, why can't you just make these references? Yeah, you own both, obviously. Like, I, like I, understand, I understand that the show wants to tell its own story, so maybe it's not going to be directly dealing with, the, with a giant invasion from Thanos. Right. Yeah, except but, they did mention it. In, in season six, they had they Adrian did, Harvard and then they promptly bounced out of that timeline. <laughs> You're like, whoops, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, yeah but- I I really liked that show. You know, I I think uh, they stuck the landing pretty well. Absolutely, it's one of the best series finales I've seen in quite some time because they they gave everybody a resolution they gave everybody a moment to shine they gave they just they touched on all of the plot lines and 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 like personal relationships that we wanted to see and they they got to get us there right and i think that you know by the end the 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 core characters uh you know that have been around since for most of the time uh you know have such a great rapport with one another that like i really I really bought into their like closeness and you know, the uh, affection they felt with each other. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was really well done and it suffered for, from a lot of problems that as Matt said, were not really their fault. Yeah. Michael yeah. Zavir is saying that like they didn't even dirtier. The first four episodes of season seven aren't available on the ABC app or Hulu. Why? Mm what <laughs> abc does that what is that like, about some some shows there are some shows that they only show like the most recent handful that's just yes, begging see. you to go out and steal it from the internet that's all that is doing it's literally CW nowhere so you have too. to pirate it well CW. they have a, they have a streaming deal with netflix so yeah. oh. they might be limited in that way and eventually and pretty quick i'm sure season seven will be on netflix that makes sense yeah. god which um i i really I did enjoy, and this is my last thought on Age of the Shield. Um, the, this last season, we were, went back in time, and they had a guy that was pulling people out of Marvel history that Shield had done wrong to, and they bring in a younger version of oh. Um, Garrett. Oh my god! And I looked at a guy and went, "This is fantastic casting." The way he smiled, he looks like Bill Paxton. And then I found yeah. out it's Bill Paxton, Paxton's son. It is no kidding. Oh, yeah. that makes total sense. Yeah, I saw that kid, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" The smile looks exactly like Bill Paxton when Little he smiled. Little Paxton, no kidding. I had no idea. Yeah. I was like, "It th- this this is young Chet from Weird Science." Yeah, <laughs> stepped and out of that movie and into into Shield. I didn't find it till find out till like it was over and he he was done with the with his appearance on it. But the fact that they did that, it was brilliant and it's so perfect because it looks one hundred. He looks one hundred percent like his dad, and he did great too. Nice. He did, he really really did. Nice. He really yeah. did. David, so. thank you so much for your call. This is great. Um, I and I love zooming with you. This is fun. 
Sounds good. How do you feel? Do you feel different? Does this, is it like, are, are we <laughs> too close? Is this too close for comfort? You know? Like, no, you know, I'm, I'm liking being able to like see you guys uh, during the show again, as opposed to just the audio, because you know, video and, and visual uh, inflections, like always add more to a conversation. Fair enough. Next week. I promise to comb my hair. First. Fair enough. Thank you for your call. And we will talk to you soon, buddy. Sounds good guys. Be safe. Thanks David. All right. I'm going to kick all, all right. these. Bums. We need to wrap this up. Yeah. I'm kicking all these bums out of here. I mean, they can, uh, no, 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 no. They got to download. If they want to hear the voicemails, they well, don't just kick them out without saying something first. Well, no, I, I just remove them one by one. They, they'll figure it out. They're watching on Facebook too. You know, they're smart guys. <laughs> why would they be watching on zoom? And well, I guess they, because you could do both, but why would you? Well, because that's where they go to chat and stuff. And with everybody else, that's not in here. That's the thing. You got to be, you got to be live. You got to move. You got to look, you man. <laughs> Michael Severe was watching this on his big screen TV. He I wasn't, but he was watching it on the Facebooks. I believe he expanded it there. So regardless, um, let us know what you guys think of this little zoom experiment. I had a lot of fun with it and I like that you guys can come in and I can see you and I can let you in the waiting room and then we can like pick you as opposed to like, call her, go ahead, call her, are you there? And we'll still use the Google voice. You call there and leave messages, please. And I'm not saying exclusively we're going to do it this way anymore. But just so you know, you don't have to turn on your camera. If you don't want to be seen, you just want to talk to us, come in, do what JD got to catch it, raise your hand. I'm keeping track of who came in and the order, and we'll turn you on, and you can Zoom with us. I think, it's, I think it worked really well. I had fun with this. I, uh, I think people were in favor of it in general. Yeah, everybody in the chat is saying, I like the Zoom thingy. I like seeing you guys again, stuff like that. Uh, Nick Garcia just said, as someone that hates Facebook and is always waiting to delete the account... I like the Zoom alternative. There it is. That's good enough for me. So like when we go live. One vote. Good enough for Matt Bob. When we go live, I will just drop the Zoom link in there. You can come in. You'll be muted when you come in. And I will unmute you and let you know that you're being unmuted. Pay attention. Whatevs. And you can chat with us there. You can chat with us on the Facebook. Any way you want to do it, bros. We love having you. Right now, we got to go. We got some voicemails we got to get to. And you're going to have to download the show for that. So. Let's check in with Mr. Jason Sachs. We left us a voicemail this morning. He had to probably get up and run some crazy marathon or something because he's in way better shape than we are. And good on him. Hey, it's Jason Sachs. So I'm going to be out on the hiking trail on Saturday morning. Told you. I'd like to give you a call with my answer to the question of the week and also some thoughts on the poor people who were laid off by DC Comics. Um, so in terms of the DC people... The thing is to think of this as not just a negative, but a potential positive. As someone who's been laid off three times in my professional career, and each time ended up moving into something better, I'd like to think that the people who left DC also have the chance to move into something better, whether it's creating their own comics or moving into uh, other media, making their own films, building their own YouTube channels. Who knows? Um, every closing door is an opening door, as they say, and um, hopefully they will be able to move ahead and uh, achieve something else in their lives that maybe they wouldn't have been able to achieve if they had stayed with DC. I realize it's an extremely Pollyannish way of looking at it, but, um, you know, what, what other choice do you have? You can't just sit and drink and mourn your lost life. The hell the, I can't! Uh, the rest of your days. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, comic that has an age well, so I realize this is a slightly different question than you asked, but you know what I can't read now anymore are comics that make fun of the president. Um, because we're living in this crazy dystopian American society these days in which one 
terrible crisis happens after the next, and we just have no way of uh, reacting to them because there's just one thing after another. You know, uh, I just can't read anything. Like uh, Mark Russell's Prez, for example, is a really funny comic, very clever. Um, I love how um, Corn Dog Girl becomes president, but you know that comic hasn't aged well for me. Uh, I think we've seen that in order for someone to actually be in charge of this freaked out country, uh, we need someone who's actually competent and who has a some experience. So uh, that whole kind of genre of you know like that movie Dave, where Dave, this ordinary guy, becomes president, it just hasn't aged well at all. It's just something that feels kind of off. Anyway, uh, some thoughts, uh, I guess, at the, after the uh, Democratic Convention. Hope you guys are having a great week, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. I, I hear him, and I totally agree. Like, this shit started with Joe the Plumber when we were all like, well, the politicians are the problem. We should send a moron to D.C. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone who has no idea what they're doing. And we'll see. Then we'll see what happens. And we did just that. Guess what? That experiment failed really, really bad. And now we're living in hell. Hooray! <laughs> um, as what he was saying about D.C., God bless you, Jason. You are the sweetest Pollyanna on the internet. And I love it. I I think that is a very sweet way to look at this. And from what I saw, most of the people that I follow on Twitter who were laid off or whatever, they were very cool about it. Everybody came out and said, I had the best time working in DC, loved my bosses, loved, you know, every character I wrote and got to mess around with. Yeah. yeah, But they're not going to look, man. Well, comics is a small business. I mean, I get that. They're not going to come out and be like, fuck everybody. (laughs) Well, but they could also inflate their star by being like, Hey, here's the dirt. Here's what happened. Look how many people are doing that shit. There's people on the internet making fun of people for having cancer that are making money off of it, Joe. So yeah, they could be shitty about it if they chose to. These people have future careers that they're thinking about. Of they're course, not going to be burning bridges in an industry that already has no bridges left to burn. And like a lot of like Bob Harris is going to be fine. Bob Harris proved he can, you know, he can run an entire publishing wing. So he'll get a job. He's going to be all right. Yeah. Bob and, Harris is bad for comics. I'm not sad about him being gone. I kind He's, of agree. He, I, I kind of agree. Bob Harris is bad for comics. Like he protected serial harassers for years yeah. to, as a, at a minimum. So yeah, no, fuck that guy. But like Mark Doyle, yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Brian Cunningham, he'll be fine. Bobby Chase, she'll be fine. They'll get jobs. All right, let's move on. Okay. Let's go to our friend, Mr. Tony Mathers. Hey, guys, it's Tony Mathers. Uh, I got a question for you. I just finished reading Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run. It was excellent, but uh, there was a lot of things I didn't uh, understand that I couldn't tell if it was from a previous run, picking up threads, or things that uh, he just uh, put in there. Like, uh, I think, like, in the second issue, they had Galactus's uh, corpse, which they eventually explained, and, like, Dragon Man, who he was, where he came from. But uh, one question they never really answered that I had was, uh, started when they introduced Doom in that run, he had brain damage, and it seemed like that happened in the past, like something affected his intelligence, and they had to fix it and stuff. But uh, they never explained uh, where that came from or why that happened, so I was wondering if you guys knew. Um, now, could I look this information up? Yes. Do I want to? No. That's what I pay you guys for. So, uh, have a good weekend. This is what we do Ask a Nerd for. Well, yeah, but look, it's not like I have uh, all of these facts committed to memory. Um, but yeah, you do Dragon know, Man is a character that's been around since, since you, the 60s. You do happen to have all this committed to memory, though, don't you? <laughs> no. Uh, 
the Doctor Doom with brain damage thing, I think, if I recall correctly, I think Hickman inherited that from Mark Miller's run, which was almost immediately prior to that. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Galactus's body. Yeah, that was another. Like no. these are these are storylines that Hickman definitely inherited from past writers. That Mark Millar run was, and it, it wasn't. Yeah, so there was there was either. this group of. Uh, oh yeah, there was like even a version of Wolverine. Uh, yeah, there was this group of characters from the far future, the Intelligentsia. Uh, yes, that okay. came back in time because the Earth was overpopulated and yes. they needed to move, like their entire population to a, a new planet. And yes, they hijacked. So they hijacked Doom's intelligence to do it. Uh, during the fall of the Hulk's alpha December, 2009 is when that happened. They stole <laughs> fall of the Hulk's alpha. Okay. Yes. They stole doom's intelligence to save their earth. That's a whole another thing. I don't remember anything about fall of the Hulk's. What the hell was that? I don't know. <laughs> I have no memory of this. Fall the, Look, that w- Black Scorpion was giving us crap because we did a spider woman origin segment on the show. Not a couple, not even a couple of months ago. And by the time we got to this episode, we were like, I don't know anything about spider. <laughs> fall of the Hulk's oh. was Jeff Parker and Paul Pelletier. The, Years ago, the leader, Red Ghost, Wizard, Mad Thinker, and Egghead have formed together into a group called the Intelligentsia. Working together, they discovered Olympia, the home of the Eternals. Using cloaking technology, they're able to infiltrate this technological fortress, and not even the Eternals themselves are able to see them as they are out of sync with time. Over the next few years, Intelligentsia begin preparing for their next mission to Wakanda. During this time, they also engage in their own schemes and endeavors, yada, yada, yada. Some years later, the group meets again, this time traveling to Edwards Air Force Base. They discover the dead body of Betty Ross, which has been kept in stasis since she died. Modoc recognizes her. They bring her back from the dead to mess with the Hulk. The leader suggests they could come back and take her later to use her as leverage if they need to. Sometime after this, Dr. Doom contacts the leader to inform him the Illuminati. Oh, that's right. The intelligentsia was the act was the opposite of the Illuminati. They were the bad guys. Well, except there was already an evil Illuminati that had like Namor and Emma Frost. (laughs) The whole thing. Yeah. Uh, So like, you know, so this was stuff that ran through Marvel really loved their secret societies. This ran through, uh, Jeff Parker's agents of Atlas war of Paul Peltier's war of Kings, all that stuff. So this was all tied into that. This would have been, I think, during um, Greg Pak's run on an Incredible Hulk. Yes, yes. Maybe before it became Incredible Hercules. The whole thing. Okay, well, that's way too much time we spent on that. Let's Woo! <laughs> that was kind of fun, though. Describing storylines is not an Ask a Nerd segment. I'm sorry. We I don't have, know how to make you understand You're this. right. That's our TLDR segment. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Hey, there you go, Matt. It's Ryan, a.k.a. Hebrews, calling in. Don't have an answer for the question of the week, but I've been thinking about two things and just want to ask you guys. Uh, my two-and-a-half-year-old found my old Adventures of Superman, the uh, DC animated show and really wanted to watch them. She loves Superman Smashes the Clan. Uh, obviously, she doesn't quite know what's going on, but I was just curious if you guys remember. Appropriate for a two and a half year old? Going to get bored by it? Um, I mean, I could certainly probably watch a couple episodes, but I figured I'd ask the Superman expert, Mr. Joe Patrick. Uh, and the second thing I was thinking about was 
Do rogue and parasite cancel each other's powers out? I know it's a real dumb question, <laughs> but I can't stop thinking about it. He's the one person that rogue could touch and be like, oh, everything's fine. So, I don't know. Uh, thought. Started right. passing along. I have, a, I have an immediate research. thought on that one. Go. Immediate thought. Go. Uh, the difference between rogue and parasite is that parasite does not need to touch you. That's true. He just needs to be around you. He just needs to be near you, which makes him much more dangerous. Now, um, on that same subject, Leech has been around and helped rogue. Leech was a mutant kid that could absorb your powers or dial your powers down. He sucked them up. He doesn't absorb. Yeah. He like negates and he could be around so she could make out with Gambit, but that's kind of a weird, you know, that's yeah. Let me bring my little brother on this date. Yeah. (laughs) Not the best situation. Sit in the front seat and face the movie screen while we (laughs) sit here in the back. (laughs) Don't turn around. Uh, yeah, I I don't think they would, uh, like, I'm not sure. Let's just assume that Rogue is able to touch Parasite without suffering any ill effects. I think that she would gain his ability to absorb powers from a distance. Fair enough. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, However, I'm not sure that she would have the opportunity if he was actively engaged in the fight. That's true. He could be absorbing her powers to absorb powers too. So I don't know. Now here's a, here's a humdinger for you. If Parasite absorbs rogues powers, can he control them? Cause she, like, I mean, she can, she can now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's better that they're separated by a universe. So (laughs) yeah, I I think this is a question that, that uh, the universe does not want answered. Yeah. Um, As far as the Superman animated series, I think it's a delight. It's totally Uh, fine. How old did he say the kid was? Two and a half. Uh, I mean, there's nothing in there scary. There's nothing in there. I mean, like there was some serious stuff, but it's like nobody like dies or not. Like, I think it's I think it's going to be less intense than Batman, the animated series. Definitely. It was bright. It was fun. I mean, I think it's fine. I'm not a father. It will have have superhero violence. Yeah. But you got Superman punching stuff. I mean, sure. Cartoony. Yeah. Right. Superman is your main character. Lex Luthor is the most evil person on the show. And they do a good job on that show of like humanizing Lex Luthor. This is why he does what he does. He's not just like a maniac, you know? So I think right, he's calculating. Right. Yeah. I, I think it'll be fine as well. Uh, it's just, uh, your mileage may vary as a parent uh, as to like her, her tolerance for the, the, even the cartoony violence. But I think in terms of content, uh, tone, I think it's, Wonderful. I think yeah. it's wonderful. And if it messes your kid up for life, hey, not our problem because we are not child psychologists, all right? And you shouldn't. Yeah, have I mean, to you, us. you're asking the wrong two two people. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you came to us for that kind of information. Honestly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Let's get into our answers, and then we'll introduce a new question of the week for these jerks. Joe Patrick, you go right ahead. I can't believe nobody called in to talk about the Joker's boner. <laughs> the Joker's it's, boner, but it's just like so, like you know. It's so I, old school, like, oh, the joke. Batman really pulled a boner on this one. <laughs> so, I mean, it, there's some context here. This comic came out. Uh, it was Batman number 66 from 1951. Uh, <laughs> the Joker launched a wave of quote unquote boner crimes. <laughs> Uh, in the context of the time a boner refers to any sort of misstep or mistake one may make it had nothing to do with dicks (laughs) so 
Uh, yeah, it, it would be like an especially embarrassing failure. Uh, so, for example, the Joker and his gang attempt to rob the Gotham Electric Company uh, only to have their escape foiled because nobody realized that cutting the building's power would render the elevators useless. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to ditch the loot and, and take the stairs and they barely escape. And so the next day's headline is Joker pulls boner of the year. <laughs> and so it's this, there's this very famous two panel sequence we, where the Joker is reading the Gotham Gazette and he says, so they laugh at my boner. Will they I'll show them, I'll show them how many boners the Joker can make. The next panel says this emphasis on boners has given me an idea for a new adventure in crime. Gotham will rue the day it mentioned the word boner. <laughs> uh, and like, it's just, it's just, it's just nonstop boners in this issue. Yeah. That's not the only time they say it. Uh, and it is my favorite out of context. Like something doesn't mean the same thing it meant then. Right. It, it's, it is a delight. It's I almost delight. I almost went with a Batman one too. And it was from the Frank Miller Batman where Frank Miller has Batman calling Robin, like a, a slur for mentally handicapped people oh, the and R-word, picking yeah. him up and punching him at one point and saying, I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> but it was just so stupid and inappropriate that I didn't want to go into it. So instead I was, how shall I say this? Inspired by the Catwoman book that I read this week which was terrible and I gave it a really bad review, but I wanted to know more about Snowflame, who was one of the, one of the villains in this Catwoman book. Snowflame is a real DC character. It appeared in one comic book, the new guardians, number two, Snowflame as a, not just as a crazy costume. It's like red and it's got sparkles all over it and he has white hair. Let's just, let me list his powers. And then I'm going to ask you how you think he gets them. He has super stamina, strength, and something called a blast power, which he just sort of blasts out. But there's one thing he has to do to use his powers. Joe Patrick, do you know what it is? Cocaine. He has to take cocaine to have his powers. <laughs> yes, that's what I that's what I was remembering when we talked about the book. Yes. Because I remembered that this character existed previously and that he got his powers from cocaine. Right. You know, and it's like you are trying to I mean he's a bad guy. I get it. I mean, it was also the eighties. He's working for a drug cartel. I yeah. get it. But right. it was Miami Vice all up and down. Maybe it's not the best idea to show a superhero or not or any character, hero or villain, getting their powers from cocaine. <laughs> I'm sure it was meant as a cautionary tale. I mean, but, I'm sure yeah. it was, but he still had powers. I still be like, well, I'll do cocaine and be a good guy. <laughs> Wait a minute, I get super strength if I do cocaine? I'll yeah. do cocaine anytime. <laughs> Fuck it, man. <laughs> oh, good old Snowflame. Ugh. Just a, and not to mention that Catwoman book was fucking terrible. They brought it back. He didn't have powers anymore. He's just a drug dealer and he's dealing drugs that give you powers now. So whatever. Right. Stupid. Right. All right. New question of the week. Set us up. Come on. Okay. We need to really streamline this for next week. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> the new question of the week was submitted by the THN consigliere Ryan Forrest. He asks, what's your favorite on-screen superhero introduction? Well, I'm going to change that and, and say entrance. Because his example is not necessarily an introduction. His first example includes uh, Wonder Woman emerging from the trench 
in the No Man's Land scene in the Wonder Wonder Woman movie. That is an awesome moment. Uh, Obviously, she had appeared prior to that. Um, But also Steve Rogers emerging from the Super Soldier pod and springing into action to defeat the Hydra agent. Okay, we get it. Stop naming them. We don't want to take them away from people. These are his examples. I'm just saying somebody else can use them. But yeah, your favorite on-screen superhero entrance. I've already got mine. If you know me at all, you'll figure it out by next week. I've already got mine too. And yeah, that'll be a fun one to talk about. Thank you to everybody that played and uh, jumped into our Zoom. Like I said, we're going to start doing more of that Zoom stuff because it's easier to control than the Google Voice. You can still call and leave a message, 402-819-4894, please. And we'll play it on the show. You can send us an MP3, twittednerd at gmail.com at any time. And it doesn't just have to be for this show. This is a great place to hit us with your ask a nerd question to hit us with your comic pusher suggestions if you're looking for stuff to read or we have a little segment we haven't done for a while called defenders where you call in and defend something that you know is relatively indefensible and then joe patrick and i will pass judgment on it it's super fun so we'd love to hear from you guys it's not really that fun because we never come down in favor of anything well uh no we ruled for somebody i can't remember it wasn't chase magnet because i you ruled for chase magnet on the spider oh yeah spider-man 3 and i was like no absolutely not (laughs) i won't go for it (laughs) yeah see that's why that's this segment is a problem so We don't have a show without you, and uh, we invite you to come and play with us every Saturday, 10.30 to noon. And then, of course, we put out a review show on Thursdays. There might be some format stuff going on there. More on that coming. But right now, we've done this for entirely too long. we got to get out of here. This is the Two-Headed Nerd. My name is Matt Baum. My name is Joe Patrick. Signing off.